Welcome back, Medium Femme listeners. This is Natty T from Superstructure Medium Femme. Apologies for the production delays, but here we have part two of our three-part abortion up. More coming soon from us in Superstructure, as always on the Money on the Left podcast feed. Always remember to donate tips to the Money on the Left Patreon. Uh, this recording is a couple months dated, but I think, you know, we're not in the midst of the abortion news cycle of right now in this app, but I think a lot of these things are still up to date and relevant. Uh, vigente. Also just wanted to do a couple of quick shout outs, some resources I found since we recorded. Uh, the There's a good podcast uh, full-time on abortion called Access. And also if people wanted to download some free books on abortion, uh, there's free downloads of books right now on the Rutgers Uni- on abortion at the university the Rutgers University Press website. Okay, that's all for announcements. Thanks, enjoy. Continuing on with our, uh, for for me, middle of the night, you know, this is like when I was in college and I did with my buddy, we did like the late night. Sometimes we do radio like midnight to 6 a.m. That's going to be, we're going to tell people everything we ever learned in a month about abortion. And look, like Charlotte and I were discussing, like we're, our style is like, we're cobweb or no, spider web. And I'm like the circles and you're, you're the spokes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, web. I think Kata's like the spider and our, our listeners are the bugs that are going to get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just, a, we're just a happy web. And today is a web of, of pain. So you have to sit with all these facts and enjoy the, the learning process along the way. Yeah, as, as we have. Yeah, absolutely. It's honestly really interesting learning all this. This is Natty, uh, Natty T, Natty S. I don't know my whatever bullshit. Uh, Natty T. This is Medium Fem. <laughs> and we're back for our second part. Yes. Uh, Look, abortion special. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of material <laughs> to get through, but you know, I guess we talked about some different aspects in the last one of you know the international element, the way it's been ongoing. Um, assaults on access, some of the intersectionality. And we're going to touch on some of those things again today and get into some different histories of abortion and international issues and issues about criminalization. We're just going to, we're going to keep hanging out on the cobweb, you know? I don't know why I keep saying cobweb instead of spider web. <laughs> That's different. I don't know. <laughs> the, I, the cobweb sounds yeah. more like in a corner or something. Just like, I like corners. Look, I can yeah, chill cobweb there. cobweb is like where it's like, I feel like cobweb is like it's a no longer inhabited spider web. Do you know what exactly. I mean? Like it's a dead web. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're a living web. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, I'm just like <laughs> as looking at the cobwebs in my bedroom <laughs> as we speak. And I'm like, what makes them cobwebs? And I'm like, yeah, it's just that no one lives there anymore. And they've been there for ages. And they're just like sad decorations now. <laughs> Great. Well, so we left probably a bunch of insect skeletons in there. Anyway, continue. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that'll be one of our future episodes. We'll do a whole uh, exegesis of um, insect skeletons. No, um, that's, <laughs> those words don't even make sense together. Well, it's been cool being in Latin America to see the 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 Latin wave. You know, as far as the feminist stuff, the pañuelo verde, like where it's pretty interesting how like green became the like latin american and then even international 
like feminist color, which has happened just in the last couple of decades. I mean, yeah, which I didn't even really realize. Yes. Other political associations as well. But like, yeah. Well, they have the history with the the Madres de Plaza de Mayo where like mothers of like disappeared children from the, the dictatorship yeah. there would like meet in the plaza and they always had like white scarves. And I guess so it's like a homage to them. And then this is from yeah. the early aughts, but it was no Latin American tendency. And then other countries ended up adopting it. But you, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, we we're yeah. talking because green is like my second favorite color after orange, which I think. Those two together makes me some Irish political creep or something. I don't know what orange and green makes me. <laughs> yeah, you're like a classic <laughs> Catholic half prod. You know what I mean? Oh, with, yeah. With oh, the yeah. white in the middle. Oh, Representing yeah. whiteness. <laughs> a not very interesting kind of syncretism. Um. <laughs> so wait, but in Ireland, who's good for like green or orange? How do you feel? Because I know you told me in like Northern England or Scotland, there were like orange people doing these marches for fat. See, to me, I'm like, oh, is orange? Because some places orange is like fucked. That's the thing about liking colors is it could just be fucked out of nowhere suddenly. And it's like, oh, that's actually a symbol of evil. And you're like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like almost all colors except probably pink are like that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, oh is, like- that's exempt. Pink is like one of evil people used pink. I mean, like obviously the Nazis in there. What they used it? Well, they used it to like uh, signify gay people, didn't they? I have no idea. Like instead of a yellow star, but then that was like readopted as like a gay liberation symbol okay well like soon like when that happens when there's like a new gay news we'll do like a four-hour two-part episode where i learned like the entire history of gay people which like as a gay person will be good for my personal growth we should do an episode where we learn the entire history of colors I would oh, enjoy shit. that. That is a big history. I do have like a that good like, little coffee. I have a good coffee table book on colors. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Research yeah. has already started. Stay tuned for future episodes. All right. I think, but colors, I think our, what do they mean? But our next episode is going to be like on cats. I think that's, that's the long yeah. time coming. <gasps> Don't tease it. Don't tease it. So that's, 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 the, that's the whole cat thing, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my life has been leading up to this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast yes. about cats. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot to meditate on. There's a lot going on. Um, anyway, yeah. So, yeah. but overall, you know, just we want to really keep this broad intersectional view of like, you know, everybody who's already criminalized and affected more internationally and nationally in the U.S. is is going to be more. Whether the poor, trans people, disabled, migrants, queer, POC, and and we take these imbalances so seriously as leftists because no one's free till everyone's free. But we also don't want to do this like reductive move where, you know, it's true that people who are white and middle class who can travel have always more access. But people are still going to get hurt in different ways, even who are privileged. And we want to protect well, everyone. Shit happens like shit yeah. happens. The harder it is, the yeah. more restrictions on this kind of shit, the, the like broader the section of people that mm-hmm. will be affected by it become like it's, yeah. you know, like. And it's important to say, like, look, you weren't aware of my pain and now it's all about your pain. But it's like, look, yeah, like it's the totally. solidarity of the pain is broad and, yeah. and systematic and, and, and cumulative and, you know, international. And yeah, we wanted to open today talking a little bit about left media and that, you know, it's, it's this moment where you do have like 
President Biden is just like such a fucking sad sack, you know, the um, not the man for the moment. I don't think I think sure. no, I mean, I don't think he ever has been right. I mean, and that is part of kind of the <laughs> no. dem the dem reaction exactly. is to like give yeah. some asshole. I mean, it varies. Sometimes it's to give the charm or sometimes it's to give the asshole. But he's you know, he's this old hand who since the 70s and 80s wasn't really he's like, I don't know, maybe Roe v. Wade's logic went too far, you know, maybe. Uh, yeah. and, he, and he didn't support the Hyde Amendment like uh, or no, the opposite. He did. He did support the Hyde Amendment. Look, it's for you. Can you explain what that was? for? It was um where it made it that you can't use Medicaid to get an abortion. Yeah. So oh, yeah. You explained that in the first one. Anyway. Yeah, but it's yeah. good to review. And this is our, our yeah. big uh, magnum opus of making people learn stuff. Um, that they might already know. Um, <laughs> I think Magnum Earth is making me learn stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's intimidating. Always, I mean, like abortion's a huge, um, it's a huge topic and always has been. <laughs> Deep thoughts yeah. with Maddie. <laughs> yeah. uh, you abortion, know, but- <laughs> it's serious. <laughs> oh my lord. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just got these, uh, these, you know, half-assed executive orders and, you know, maybe nothing can be really done federally, says uh, Robin Marty, post-Roe America, agreed. But it's just funny, like, this Catholic thing where he's like, you know, he's got this, well, at least, I mean, he's better than Liz Brunig, right? Because he's like, well, I do, like, support Roe and, like, I do have my private Catholic faith. But his, his this half-assed, like, Irish Catholicism, like, pseudo-cheap kennedy thing where he's like in palestine like i'm irish you know i can't believe he said that that was crazy i thought that was like a joke (laughs) oh no don't underestimate when i I saw that because like he was like but like a few days prior he'd been like i'm a zionist you don't have to be jewish to be a zionist and then he like no it's also principally christian the christians are the worst ones (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, like, I mean, the American Christians are like the worst, worst Zionists. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like correct. my nonna, my nonna was watching, like, got, got Foxtel and she, like, um, got really into watching, like, the American kind of Christian evangelical channels and stuff. Oh, and a lot she of people got do. Some, That's like, really one of our worst. She got some, oh, no, she just got some weird ideas about Israel from the, from oh, the American yeah. television. But wait, who was her, who was her preacher and what was their style? Oh, I don't know that. I don't. I actually have no idea. Like, I've did never you watched see them on the? Oh. I didn't see them. She just, she's just talked about it. She's just like, you know, uh, they are like such a special chosen people. It's a shame <laughs> though that when the rapture happens, oh. you know, like, oh, no. it's just like the, it's just like oh, it's just like the craziest ideology. It's like, just like super it's Christian supersessionist Zionism. Yeah, yeah, uh, with hell included. That's you know, yeah. it's not good. Yeah, um, it's not good. It's not, it. not not a good sign if those are your biggest supporters because they're gonna fuck you over, and it means probably your movement is not good. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, yeah. yeah, we were talking about Joe Biden's Catholicism uh, and like this kind of like oh, it's almost like populisty. Like it's weird because it is kind of like yeah. This is the way that like Liz Brudig frames it is that like her opinions are that of like the average American person. Mm, Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is in Scranton. A, not true like and no i don't think like i think she represents like three people like i'm left welfare and 
uh, private, but like very trad anti-abortion. I mean, I, I'm sure it's a thing, yeah, but I don't like think it's like a big members of the GLP in Australia. Like, yeah, it's, not it's, a like... big, it's not a big tendency, but she still exists for a reason, you know, and yeah. I mean, and look, and she, yeah. she's she's in these big pub- publications and she goes on the big left podcast that, again, hundreds of thousands of people listen to like Chapo. I mean, people from left media like Bree Joy Gray um, were on Bernie's campaign. Dan Bessner has been on her show, was on Bernie's campaign for foreign policy. Um, oh, God, it pisses me off, like seeing all these people like, yeah, like the Chapo people tweeting, oh, this is a hell world. Everything's fucked. We live in prison. And it's like. You've like hosted multiple pro lifers on your show, like yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, I said, well, that doesn't matter because the well, well, that doesn't matter because the right movements are what made this happen, and the right politicians. We didn't literally do it. It's like, well, still though, is like weird that that's like what you're trying to direct people to. Like that, it's not just like everything is nothing. Like, do you matter yeah, or not? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And like even with with Amber Ailey Frost, like apparently she had been like you know vocally pro-abortion, like she'd like d- like done stuff like pro-choice stuff. But then you know when it came to like the Bernie campaign, she was like agreeing with Ross Dutat or do, oh, do yeah, that. he's one of those like, like Catholic the, conservative. Yeah, yeah, she she was like agreeing with his article, being like it's good that Bernie's steering clear of topics like abortion and stuff. Like we need a mass movement. She was like, yeah, exactly. Like that is a positive thing about Bernie's campaign. And it's like, it's just, it's bullshit because it's like, as we have discussed in the previous episode, like abortion access and rights were an ongoing issue. This was like everyone acting as though it's like, just this, like, I think that people had the idea, this idea that like abortion was like a lib kind of like, manipulation right. point do you know what i mean because yeah, like, yeah. like, libs are useless just, yeah yeah because they are useless it's just, and, a, it's yeah. just like a flag that they'll wave occasionally but it doesn't mean anything because totally. it's really legal and like yeah but no it's like actually like people have been having access issues yeah. for years and it's like well and yeah, you're erasing people. movements women of color and trans and disabled and international yeah, exactly. this major feminist movements like this since rusa like called it a, a fourth feminist wave with these things in, in latin america and poland and ireland and just to be like oh maybe the the, the other people are freed up and she, it's just the misdirection too about like uh, i mean it makes sense she's in big publications and stuff and has this trad economic policy with her husband on their trad ass lifestyle show which you know avows social reproduction right and media while like obscuring how trad they are in econ i don't know it's just and she's saying yeah. shit like talking about like the 80s anti-abortion movements when again like people are getting killed and um she's like uh, called the movement in her article she called it an ecumenical joint with the evangelical id it's just like such evangelical it's an ecumenical joint That's... it's just i'm a cool mom you know oh my god yeah so... yeah and she really wanted to like have a home the thing that there was like this like big catholic like pro-welfare movement and they didn't even care about abortion that much it was just a small part of their like oh my god their list of issues do you know what i mean mm. and i think we should bring that back we need that broad catholic pro-worker movement that like hates abortion but doesn't go on about it that much and like yeah well, it's, it's precisely like, the it's the price precisely this not caring um vicky acab on twitter um vicky Osterweil had an interesting thread i mean some things on finance were like not correct um <laughs> the you know it's interesting like citing the the kind of mussolini i don't care 
fascism and, and there's a lot of that you know even she's like i'm at brunch in real life people are chilling you know i'm all about like yeah, abolitionists yeah. She's like online chillness. people are mad at me but i'm just like at brunch with my friends in my lane like and i'm all of it learning and reflecting and like yes she's a symbol it's not about her your actions are separate again i'm reading against punishment i'm learning about myself i'm reading about all different dialectical behaviors um <laughs> yes thank you for the struggle session natty thank you look I, 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 I have a lot of those emotionally look that's i try to be consequential you know um, yeah. but this is and, and, and I, I, I understand that people don't want to be consequential and it's hard and we struggle with that uh in all different ways um people in our lives but just it's it's not healthy to be like i don't care none of this matters anyway like this ecumenical joint it's like no they're you know in the 80s feminist movements in chile were like fighting the dictatorship you know like yeah you're just anyway it's just i know like liz burning isn't the most important like i don't even want to overdo it but the reality is there were two bernie runs there's this media ecology that a lot of people came to getting into the left and it's sad to like not really give liberatory avenues you know and there's this big moment mm -hmm. now where it's really clear yeah totally any last thoughts on that before we get into the entire history of abortion <sighs> not really just like you know disappointed <laughs> you, have you worked on have you worked on have you worked on your liz voice at all i know she was tweeting the other day about augustine and his uh, libido dominati <laughs> i have pretty much no idea what she sounds like i think i've only heard you pretending <laughs> in my like head she sounds like you being her you know what i mean yeah because i'm not I, paying I, to listen to her podcast obviously. i mean but you can watch her on youtube i've seen some videos on youtube yeah i would have to get it in doesn't the stand out to me i don't yeah i would have to i reckon she should play up like a more southern twang and that would make no, her no, but dallas it's a different it. it's a different accent my dad's from dallas it. and like dallas accent well she doesn't really have yeah. a hard dallas accent my dad used to have like a stronger Dallas accent. Like, well, well, I can just do the way my dad talks. But it's just like, well, you know, like abortion has <laughs> got got a lot of I can't I can't fucking do it. I can't just, <laughs> just, like talking really slow and like dragging shit yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But she does that too. this very like measured thing where she's like, abortion is uh, a thing that is an issue. No, but it's different. I don't know. Yeah. It's an issue that I think is important that Christ and the church reflect on. And <laughs> my dad would just be like, yeah, well, I mean, for a long time I was anti-abortion and I can't, I can't do it. It doesn't sound right at all. It's not good. Oh my lord. Okay, well <laughs> I like your statement that I'm opening up everybody. Um <laughs> Okay, so I wanted you to take the lead on, um, I know that you did quite a bit of research on the, the specifics of the different opinions on the Supreme Court case and which judge kind of wrote <laughs> what. <laughs> Fuck you, I just had like a panic attack. Like, where is this going? <laughs> which, which, which of the Supreme Court judges' opinion do you prefer? <laughs> All right. But okay, do you know any of the judges? Because I don't know a single judge. I probably don't know. In in Australia, I know that your president is Anthony Albanese, and I think that's like yeah. the only politician we don't I know. Have a president, but yeah, well, yeah. same idea. <laughs> <laughs> president is actually the queen, but yeah. 
No, I don't know. Like, I know the main guy. The main, who's the main guy? Clarence. Oh, he is a famous man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who, uh, what's his face? Uh, Corey, Corey Robin wrote his book on, on Clarence Thomas. Where Clarence Thomas is interesting because it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, a history of black reaction you know and you have the anita hill cases i think he's from oklahoma or texas with the assault and um and he uses that in really specific interesting ways yeah but the over broadly the oh my see- god i saw that article that was like it had quotes from like because he's like married to a white lady and like had quotes from her family like from the like this article written like 15 years ago or something being like we don't even notice that he's black these days. Like these, no. But he also really uses it in, in specific. Well, ways. yeah, exactly. Like that's what I mean. Like that was public. Yeah. Like he's aware of that. Yeah. And <laughs> he's one of these people who, who gives a lot of credence. This oh, this is abortion is 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 black genocide. You know, and and scholars like Dorothy. Oh, that's such cynical bullshit. It really like, is. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's really gross. It's yeah. There's, these are reactionary people. Um. Yeah, that was broadly speaking, Supreme Court is like the there's nine judges and they're appointed by presidents for life. And it's like the final um, place where you can kind of if laws are passed, basically, uh, you can always say, well, this isn't constitutional. And I challenge this judge, this uh, this law and it can go through the the court system and and keep going all the way. And, And basically with abortion, I mean. Of course, since Roe v. Wade had, had made uh, based on right to privacy, where it became legal, all these things. Um, basically, there had been on the right a strategy to um, basically pass laws they know are, are banning abortion a lot that will get challenged. Of course, in Dobbs v. Jackson, you have a Mississippi health clinic that has to challenge the law, like making abortion more illegal because they want to get it taken to the Supreme Court and, and get it turned over the sense from as well um Planned Parenthood v Casey in the early 90s of, of giving Are states they, uh, states the ability been, to, like throwing uh, shit at the wall oh, yeah. and seeing what's oh yeah for a really long time on this oh, yeah. basically oh yeah totally what's a total it's civil right understanding of the yeah, and it's a civil war confederacy talking point to like oh states rights just about like oh yeah states yeah. rights to have slaves you know well this is the justices have this originalism like alito in his opinion is like uh there's a good podcast on supreme court stuff uh five four um, now it's six three but um <laughs> but it's still five four but you know they have this supposed <laughs> originalism um where they said well we don't want to defend the roe v wade right to privacy because traditionally that wasn't meant to be about abortion and they make the good point in that show like well anything you want to be traditional in the constitution when it was quote unquote written was like racism slavery yeah, like slavery basically it's like oh women can't vote like, yeah it's yeah. like okay tradition cool like that's bankrupt as fuck yeah i mean it was, yeah. it's, it's a big deal like this is the first time i mean this new court is really reactionary and you know, it's the first time since the 1930s that a, a due process precedent was was overturned. I mean, they're going further as far as like court decorum than has been typical in recent times in a, in a lot of ways. Can you explain why like the, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing was like, oh, yeah, it's like she didn't appoint a younger person to take. So like, can you do a thing where you appoint like 
Well, you don't appoint, but if you retire, there will be a process. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you're personal. I choose John. We got to break up the info bombs. You know, we got to <laughs> give people some entertainment. Um, well, no, well, I, I know there's a daughter of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. There's a lot of chance to it in a way, like yeah. based on who's president. I mean, obviously the Republicans did ridiculous stuff like not getting a Dem uh, appointment confirmed for a whole year. Um, yeah, people like didn't retire during Dem presidency to um, and knowing they might die. And then there wasn't able to be another appointment. But it all depends on the appoint who retires or dies um, and what appointments you can get through based on what president you have in power, basically. Um, and yeah, that's and there's this whole i know it's a shit system and the supreme court is bullshit and i mean then liberals do this annoying thing where they're like look like if you voted for jill stein like susan sarandon in wisconsin you're the reason hillary lost and that's why trump and it's like all this is important like yeah still i do think it mattered to like vote against trump and that was relevant but it's just like okay uh more money for the dems and it's like okay i still again like believe in strategic voting but like yeah, like uh, the Dems are basically doing jack shit right now. Like the, the right is so cynical. I mean, and, and Clarence Thomas, uh, you know, has uh, got this cynical shit, like we said, like saying is like black genocide. I mean, they say shit like uh, Roe v. Wade was like this 1857 case, uh, Dred, Dred, uh, was Dred, v. Scott or Dred, Dred Scott, where it said like, oh, yeah, I can't believe Judge Dredd was actually a real person. I don't know if it's Judge Dredd, but I think the there oh. was a, a. I thought it was like I thought that's Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd came from. What's Judge, what is Judge Dredd? I don't know. That's the thing, isn't it? Because I was listening to this the same podcast, and I was like, "Oh, Judge Dredd." No, Dredd Scott. Oh, it, that's a film. <laughs> well, Dredd Scott was a person. Oh, Judge Dredd is a law enforcement no, and judicial drag, officer from no, a dystopian future city. No, because Dred Dred Scott had been enslaved and then went to a free state. And it was like this ruling, like, you're not a citizen, even if you're uh, if you're free. Uh, Wait, it was it was like a black man who had been previously enslaved and then he was in a free state. And they said, no, you can. I think you still have to, like, go back to your owners or you're not a citizen. It's really shitty, like how much I'm not remembering the details of this case right now. It's like an embarrassment of having gone to American public school for like over a decade but um i'm really embarrassed that i like <laughs> to somebody say the words that i like ju- like dread versus scott and i just thought that judge dread was a real person I, I don't even think it's dread versus scott i think it's yeah, yeah. That, that's that's where the mistake but look in, again obviously. i gotta give you some leeway i don't know anything about the australian <laughs> court system there is a certain amount of american exceptionalism here like yeah. we expect you I to know, know like a lot every... about it yeah. i know a lot about the australian court system so <laughs> do, do yeah <laughs> oh but these assholes have said anti-abortions like worse that abortions worse than the holocaust and meanwhile for like decades they're bombing clinics and shit you jesus know jesus christ right it's yeah. fucking bullshit and yeah. so now we have this crazy situation where like half of states are gonna ban or significantly reduce you know you have these trigger ban states 13 states um you know i'm gonna go through a bit of it for anybody who wants to know this information but you know you mm-hmm. got kentucky louisiana south dakota like right so, away Nettie, basically a trigger ban is like mm-hmm. that means that like the states had laws in place, meaning mm-hmm. that as soon as Roe mm-hmm. v. Wade was overturned, they would mm-hmm. immediately 
with some variance. Some yeah, like ways. and sometimes it would That's just like trigger pretty much. Like sometimes it was okay. like it would immediately come. Sometimes you needed like an official to enact the ban. Sometimes there's like a month thing. So yeah, so like Kentucky, Louisiana, South okay. Dakota, it's immediate. Uh, Idaho, Tennessee, Texas is a month. Um, like Wyoming, Utah, Oklahoma, North Dakota, Missouri, Mississippi, Arkansas, you need an official to enact the ban into law. Um, some places it's kind of stopped up in court or was, I don't, I don't know if I have everything up to date, you know, like in Utah, like there was Planned Parenthood got a restraining order against the law. So some things, I don't know, there's just all this going on and you can, I mean, you have the, you know, and it's going to be a felony life in prison maybe for a Texas doc to, to give an abortion to a woman right by a family member. You have these aiding abetting Jesus laws, Christ. you know, you have abortion clinics getting shuttered, criminalizing assistance, yeah. you know, deputizing civilians to report on each other and then you do have some states like where it's going to stay legal like 15 states it's protected dc it's protected and but then these places it's like already were um serving a lot of people out of state and you know you have all these abortion funds you can donate you know national network abortion funds and but they're just going to be really overwhelmed like you know in illinois mm-hmm. they, they were already these abortion funds doing like 80 percent of the work out of state and they're going to like different Jeez. clinics in Illinois. They're going to get like an over 8,000% increase in people they need to serve because they're serving the entire region. It's true. They need a lot of people and money, which that, yeah. And the money is just never enough. So you can yeah. just really never donate enough to that, you know, like money yeah. on the left. Cause there's just this scare. And you know, Biden has his executive order that he'll get some money for people traveling or, you know, who knows how to, it's all pretty toothless and the Dems, are not going to push to like get rid of the filibuster, which would make it so you don't need 60 people in the Senate on the left, on the, the Dems. Um, they're probably not going to really pass anything. They're just going to fundraise off it and be useless like usual. You know, it's just kind of sad. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wanted to, I don't know, it might make sense to kind of just going through some different resources um, for people who want to contribute or learn more. But I really recommend the pod uh, movement memos from Truth Out. Again, National Network of Abortion Funds. That's like you can find all the different local ones. But, you know, these have since Hyde Amendment when you couldn't get for Medicaid. You know, they've helped impoverished black and brown birthing people. You know, their local autonomous funds. They'll often do like practical support, you know, transportation, child care, lodging, translation, doulas, people who help you. You know, we need funds. We need grants. Um, course interrupting criminalization you know from Miriam Kaba right abolitionists do this till we free us uh you should read against punishment from project Nia but um abortion care network to support indie abortion providers sister song for black women birthing people reproductive justice we got physicians for reproductive health uh, if when how lawyering for reproductive justice Repro Legal Defense Fund, which, you know, is a fund for bail bonds for criminalized pregnancy outcomes when especially like self-managed ones, when there's litigation and attorney fees, you got to pay for social workers, medical experts, the bills, the bills add up. You got to pay people for a bunch of crap. (laughs) Like, oh, shit, I, I took some abortion pills and my friend sold me out. And now I have to, like, spend all this money in Missouri on getting social workers. Yeah. Uh, repro legal health line if you have a miscarriage you need a miscarriage abortion hotline one eight three three two four six 
two, six, three, two. <laughs> now I just sound, I'm, I'm really like living into my college radio 4 a.m. ness. <laughs> Like, all right, like we're just going to give you time. It's always 4 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. 320. Yeah. Like read, reading PSAs, like, you know, okay, now we're going to read about the love of the American Lung Association. Um, I hope you bitches are writing this down and fucking contributing. Um, I need an A. Um, Keepourclinics.org. Plan C pills might be criminalized in different places. Getting pills to help with mail. Uh, a good episode I listened to on movement memos and a book that was probably good to read from Robin Marty on a post row America Midwest access coalition accommodation support travelers to and from the Midwest Puerto Rico. You have the Colectiva feminista um, everywhere locally support local abortion doulas. You know, they help people go to clinics, funds, care packages, childcare, mails, emotional talks, getting your meds, massages, connectors, childcare, you know, when I had an abortion, I had some friends to help me, but oftentimes there's not family care or not friend care and you need people who are not going to yeah. report on you. I mean, everything's more dangerous now. And so these are people you can trust. And um, yeah, absolutely. And also like things like language barriers and stuff like that, oh, like uh-huh. there needs to be like resources like uh, in Australia, there's the Multicultural Center for Women's Health, which was set up in 1978. And then there are other organizations here, like Children by Choice, again, which was like formed out of the uh, abortion law reform movement in Australia in the 70s, which still do a lot of work. I think they're based in Queensland, but do a lot of work like helping women all across the country access abortion. But yeah, these are hopefully like with, I'm not. I expect you all to donate to to all of these. yeah and get involved in defending clinics see see what the local orgs are where you are you can yeah support. exactly like this is a this is if if there's another thing we've learned it's that there are a lot of these organizations set up basically all around the world in yeah places and you got to find them and support them and yeah. yeah it's also interesting you know you have the classic ngos like planned parenthood a uh, good which is like I really recommend if you want to look at like international access, the interactive Matt Guttmacher are like unionizing. And there was this terrible ass like Ryan Grimm article in the mm. intercept. He was like, it's so woke. This is the problem with the woke left that these like abortion NGOs are like unionizing. And he like totally sided with the bosses, oh like because the left was being <laughs> too woke. It's like, oh, my God. And then he'd like get a boss who was a POC or something and be like, they said their employees unionizing was too woke. It's like, okay, this is the problem with the left. It's like, what are, how can you even justify this Glenn Greenwald ass bullshit? Yeah. Oh my God. I wonder what Glenn, has Glenn Greenwald said it? I don't know. I haven't kept up. I blocked him. So I don't read his tweets that often just because he's (laughs) the reason I block him is because he will get in your fucking mentions and he has like a million followers and that's just annoying. Yeah. He totally does. It's (laughs) bizarre. It's just like, I don't want somebody with a million followers to get in my mentions. He did that. He did that. He got in my mentions defending (laughs) Red Scare one time. It was crazy. (laughs) Oh my Lord. Um, <laughs> who was he defending um, Anna Darsha both um just the podcast and just general, the, the phenomenon like a, yeah yeah Glenn is a nice it, guy it the, the, the best <laughs> podcast on the left I think he said um, yeah it's abroad which I don't think they'd even say anymore no I don't I don't think so no um moving on to some history 
I like it. I like your statement that there's like no pre-abortion, you know, like there's just thousands of years of things of abortifacients and herbs and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Different then different methods of birth control and stuff. Yeah. Which we would consider abortion probably by modern standards, maybe. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like there were obviously one of the things that's changed in like the modern era is like what we consider a viable pregnancy. Mm. So like, Mm. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's just always was, yeah. Well, and always, I mean, for a long time, it was always like, it was totally fine until quickening right like at four yeah, months so when there's kicking, feel the kicking. yeah and, it was like, and then even then like you know until there's kind of the first like big like anti-abortion um legal movements in the 1800s before that it often was illegal in different contexts but like is a misdemeanor or not that prosecuted you know and it was um yeah i do like not i did specifically I, singled out as yeah. like what do you mean about like, a viable that, what do you mean about that i mean like you a viable pregnancy is in a pregnancy that is like viable to be carried to full term and become a baby but what's like, different now well what is considered a viable pregnancy is like we can we have ultrasound technology and stuff like we can see heartbeats oh, and right. stuff and like you know more details whereas mm. before it was just like when the baby moves it's like a mm. it's a viable pregnancy yeah right well, and it's interesting. I, I looked on Wikipedia and was, but I also, I, lo- I liked on Wikipedia's like history of abortion. They're like, all right, we're going to start with like the Stoics and Aristotle. You're like, all right, naturally. <laughs> but I did like the, Sto- the Stoic one, which was like, they, they didn't have a problem with abortion because they felt that fetuses were plant-like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aristotle thought that like till 40 Little days. Beans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like when I was like pregnant, like the doctor's like, oh, you got a little insect in there. I'm like, you creep. Um, oh, my God. So let's get rid of that bug. And you're just like, I don't. <laughs> I just was hospitalized with morning sickness. You know, I just oh had to God. travel. I'm not pleased right now. I don't want to hear. Don't make me feel like I'm in an episode of Alien. Exactly. Alien. So I'm not as amused as you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like yeah. that Aristotle said you're like a vegetable soul to a certain point but it was like different for boys and girls, like boys, 40 days, girls, 90 days. It's like, we can abort the girls longer. Um. <laughs> yeah. Which is definitely because they just hated women, but yeah, I also I know. Like See, think I have you a, still can't a vegetable abort. soul. Yeah. A veg- yeah. <laughs> I do have a vegetable soul. It's oh. true. That, that part is true. It's interesting. The first time I see, it seems like some of the reaction happens in UK before the US, like, because in UK you get 1803 where it's like death penalty if you abort post quickening. And then they take that really? back. Yeah. I didn't know about that history. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know all of it because I know. I mean, more... that's like, that's just like a wave of early, early criminalization. I guess like oh, yeah. an era where like a lot of things was suddenly being like, yeah codified and criminalized and like that's true you know, the police were invented well a right bit later do you know what i mean like right. all of that you know prosecutions for sexuality all of that like oh, that would be interesting history. Started, yeah like, uh, i don't know enough about that history actually that's an interesting history um well and before there were all the different herbs and midwives and still because i know more the u.s history where it's like right especially after the 1840s but especially during the civil war reconstruction you know you have uh, different things going on but you know you have catholics but also the ama american medical association famously like white doctors you know before OBGYN was like 
women, especially black women, right? And this is part of reaction against black, black autonomy, against German, Irish, Italian migrants, you know, the sense they had the sense that um, middle-class white women were, were aborting more and were refusing being mothers and that um, it was a race suicide. So you have this, this in the late mm-hmm. 1800s and early 1900s, you have eugenics, right? You just have all yeah. this going on in a lot Which of the world. continues yeah. being like a dominant politics until after World War II because it just became really fucking awkward. And like, yeah, people like people, I think there's been so much debate about this, like around COVID and stuff, but like people do understate how like influential the eugenics movement was to oh my God. basically everything in these okay, countries. Okay, so I was reading World War II, like it's... In Japan, and, and it's, it still is. It just can't openly. No, in Japan, like it was just anymore. they. Because you were saying how like um, Japan was one of the early places people went, like for abortion, like rich Hawaiians or New Zealanders or Americans, right? But like yeah. they in their forties, in the forties, post-war legalized abortion. I think it was like in the name of the act, like Eugenic Protection Act or something. Like now, again, not to affirm, really? not to affirm that abortion is eugenic because it's not. But there are contexts in which you still. Can use which it, it which it is there that's yeah. just a fact like Cause, yeah because yeah, i mean because eugenics has like two sides always like the people we want to be born and the ones we don't want to be born and exactly you know there's yeah. things like a lot of countries where it gets legalized where yeah people um try to abort female kids like this has happened in india since the 70s um that's happened in vietnam since legalization obviously i mean and this is yeah, reproductive justice like, right we cited that 1994 like chicago use, women that to have yeah. or not have children and go ahead not to use like such an obvious and kind of like brutal example, but like, it, you know, in Nazi Germany, like there were mass sterilization and murder programs, obviously, but then they also had like, they had like family programs for German white women, like, and a lot of support for them to like yeah. raise babies. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like those, it's all about what you support and don't. Sides. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Which is um, why we take issue with like language around like back to like you know the Brunics and stuff like not framing again. social policy around like the need to have children is is part of that history. Do you know what I mean? And oh yeah, because they felt like, like well, and it was specifically that you know white doctors taking wanted to get rid of the competition. Of, and it was saying middle class white women are not are refusing motherhood, and we're gonna like not be dominant in society you know and there's always been this racism that again is like part and parcel of we'll, we'll look at a little population control family planning always has had this mixed history where against poor people uh post-war it was like a lot involved in anti-communism right obviously margaret sanger has this mixed record on eugenics you know yeah so can you like go like explain a little bit about margaret singer yeah, um, I think she was like not, she was not fully eugenic. That's a great, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but she was like kind of an early 1900s progressive era person who had like worked with poor women and kind of one of these classic stories, like early 1900s, these people were having, you know, dying from a lot of abortions because, you know, kind of worldwide, like late 1800s into early 1900s is when it gets more legalized, more illegal. Like before, for example, mm-hmm. in the U.S. it had been slowly with states, you know, and, and the state was came down pretty hard. There was the Comstock law about like you couldn't reproduce information about how to do it and stuff, you know, because it used to be to get like herbal instructions and in newspapers. And um, so she kind of saw 
you know, and people were doing abortions where they'd like get blinded and poisoned with like even things with lead in them. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah. So she had this one on the one hand, this sense of like this progressive movement maternalism, I guess we could say, um, you know, like, oh, well, people are poor, so we need to get them abortions, which, yes, that's valid if that's what they want. Right. But she and she like was with, you know, she had to escape to England at some point. She um, and she was but she would sometimes be like, oh, sterilization, sterilization without consent is OK. Or, oh, this eugenic Supreme Court case mm-hmm. is OK. Oh, I'll do a talk with the KKK. Like she just kind of always mm-hmm. was like kind of on both sides, you know, where she and she also yeah. had black progressive people supporting her, you know, so. But some people, you know, the anti-abortion people use this again, like in that Clarence Thomas cynicism to to say, um, oh, this is black genocide. And again, but the black birthing people have always, you know, fought against the their slave masters. It's always been this reproductive justice thing. If I want to have a kid or not and to raise it how I yeah. want and not to be forced sterilized and I can choose if I want to have an abortion, you know. But yeah, Margaret Sanger, of course, Planned Parenthood. But yeah, it's the kind of thing like my cousin is like really anti-abortion they, they'll always br- bring up that card and you know at first i didn't know they're like well you know margaret singer planned parent was eugenics i'm like what the fuck you bitch that is not correct um but it is <laughs> it is disputed it is called but it's very used very cynically you yeah know? but i yeah, i mean totally yeah totally. apparently i need to learn more about eugenics that you were telling me Keynes was in eugenic societies I, there's a lot yeah Keynes was the director of the british eugenics society in cambridge so that's chair or so some, the eugenic society or something mo- like money that. on the left because has a lot to atone for this is like so much but like so much of just social policy it's like you know that's like what they would call social hygiene it's like what what is normalized today as like social hygiene which again mm-hmm. sounds horrible anyway it is just eugenics and it's just that well, eugenics that, that means good origin just, yeah it, it's a. Uh, it's it's just um social that's just that word social hygiene yes. <laughs> it's just like scary yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of in some of all that progressive era stuff which they were like kind of socialists in a way of their time but the family planning and all, yeah all that stuff has this complicated and the and the heart and the the really serious feminists are super intersectional in that way right because they're always aware of like consent and um the complications yeah. of the meta you can you should have access to medical care or to community care, right? Like, and you shouldn't be surveyed by cops and like, you should be able to have or not have the kid. You should be able to be in these communities. So it's, it's all of that, right? Yeah. Um, Back to history. Let's see. A lot of the world, like in the thirties, you get like starting therapeutic abortion. People start getting more family planning, 50s, 60s, you know, 73, you get Roe. We'll get to like how there's these different synchronicities in 73. I know you mentioned like, in Australia was a big year, but I don't know. It is interesting after Roe, because before in the U.S. it was kind of seen as like a niche Catholic issue. And, and then after that, to you be, did. To, for it to be an issue. Yeah. 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 And, and so you did have after like Catholic doctors, lawyers, housewives involved. You had their like these couple, the Wilkes was a Catholic couple and they were like pretty famous in the 70s. Days. They like they would publish a lot of pictures of fetuses, which continues. Do you, do in, in Australia, do you not like see dead fetuses around? Is that not a thing they do? No, I mean, um, you do like there are, pro, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm sure there are like lot, there are large pro-life, pro-life protests actually. Um, and mm-hmm. like, there are like, you know, these movements intersect with like in Australia, like I forgot what it's called. It's like the for life foundation. I don't know. They're against all kinds of, you know, they're, they're like anti-choice. They're like, 
anti-assisted um, dying, like they are right. very brutal, like. Right. But you're not allowed to like. I just want, when, if I'm if I'm in a place where I need that, I just want you to give me a lot of opium or whatever. And I'll feel so, <laughs> feel so good. Yeah, yeah. Like what's wrong with like dying with a big shot of smack, you know? It's, that's what you want. <laughs> um, but yeah it's actually illegal here to protest outside abortion mm. clinics um, right well and that's why i mean there and there is that uh, that assault right that's a good thing the left is doing like resisting clinic invasions and yeah that's just sad i mean so you've had this like slow scale reaction the evangelicals got involved you know 80s 90s 2000s you know in the 80s demonizing black women um, as like drug users to get the state in with their family. Again, Dorothy Roberts has written that. It's just, and the Dems have just been useless. You know, even like Obama, when he ran for president, promised to encode abortion and he didn't fucking do it, doesn't care. You know, just yeah. recently there was a left candidate in Texas, Cisneros, and the Dems uh, campaigned against her for the mainstream Dem, who was anti-choice and NRA, you know, like. Yeah. Tell me a bit about Australia. Uh, well, so Australian history, I mean, it's pretty, it tracks pretty much like in America and stuff. Our law was like based on British law originally. The movement kind of started in Australia in like the 60s, but like in like kind of pre like pre kind of like heavy women's lib movement, more of just like a civil civil liberties type campaign mm. um, and like yeah, a lot of the, like, first people were, like, doctors and stuff, as I think I said in the first podcast, who were, like, basically just seeing so many de unnecessary deaths uh, from both botched abortions and women having to carry pregnancies to term that were dangerous and stuff like that. And then, yeah, it started to, like, heat up. And I'm sure there were movements, too, probably, of, of, of people who were petitioning, doctor, like, I'm sure there was, like, autonomous, like, grassroots, like, connections to those movements, probably. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, interacting, yeah, yeah, And they interacting developed over, movements. Yeah, and they developed over, like, over time. Because, well, the other thing is, like, the, the police backlash to, like, mm. these doctors that were operating and, like, you know, running clinics that offered abortions, like, drew a lot more people in. Mm. And then, yeah, um, basically, like, it was, like, the 70s and, like, women's liberation movements started getting, like, you know, taking the reins. There's actually, like, um, universities were, like, an important place. Like, I read that there was, like, there was actually a court case between, like, the Crown and the Melbourne University publication Farago, which Is that still the exists. next season on Netflix? <laughs> I can't wait for that though. <laughs> um, so they like published articles that had information on contraception and abortion, and they were like charged with obscenity um, and taken to court in 1967, mm. and actually like won the case. So mm. that was like oh, that's interesting with the obscenity, know. similar to the U.S. with the Comstock laws. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. You're being obscene. You're um, being obscene, which is still an issue now, right? Like, your people are going to yeah. have to work on their data. They're going to have to work on their comms, work on who they talk to, who they inform about stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the, the the police like played a really, really, really important role in like 
slowing down the like movement from the 60s to like safe abortion like they they, they kill people they like oh, yeah. hit evidence like um well, we come down yeah. and fuck the police so tell me about a bit about like some of the different tactics or the development over time in australia with this kind of like police backlash and doctors and not well, doctors they were like there was there, there was a tactic that i saw that was used i think oh, i didn't write it down it was like the late 60s or 70s where they just got like hundreds of women to basically sign a open declaration saying i've had an illegal abortion Thanks. come and charge me do you know what i mean nice. um that's like doulas kind of- now who've been like i do obey an abort i ate an abort yeah. abortion sorry go <laughs> ahead and to try and like and to try and um yeah force people to clarify the law as well because it's like it's same as in america it's like it was really unclear at this time and it was unevenly applied and it created a culture of fear so yeah the 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 power of like a bunch of women just like signing an open document saying i've committed this crime was like really powerful i saw that that tactic was also used in New South Wales, which I think was the last state for abortion. I still don't know which states are. It's like Queensland, New South Wales. I don't know. New South Wales is the one next to me, like north, north to me. (laughs) Next next to me. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) North to me and south Queensland. Psychogeography. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, yeah. So like, and that, yeah, that tactic was used in 2019 when, um, it was finally decriminalized in New South Wales. But there's still these yeah. limits, right? Like there's still, you know, refugees from this hell island, right? Oh, totally. And there was yeah. like, there were, I think like, you know, unions pay, played a pretty important role in like putting pressure on political bodies mm. to mm. finally like reform laws like back in the 70s, but mm. like federal laws. But like, you know, even then there were like limitations because like, as we touched on earlier, like there are big sections of the Labour Party, especially back in those days, that were kind of beholden to the Catholic right. And abortion has always been this like Catholic bugbear thing where they're just fucking obsessed with it. I think you were mentioning to me earlier that um, Australia has one Catholic saint, but they're Irish. And you said, you said, why is there no Italian Carlotta? Santa. Yeah, it's like it's like Santa it's, slut. It's, it's it's a classic. Shows, yeah. Yes. Santa slut. I remember the classics. I remember the classics. <laughs> you can refer back yeah, to our, our, like... our Liz Brunig episode of Superstructure. <laughs> yeah, it should be like a Saint Saint slut of Northgill or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's there's there is an Australian saint. Everybody, her name is Mary McKillop. I don't I know why she was canonized. They I were think she was a nurse. No idea. She was a nurse. I don't know. I think she was a nun. <laughs> like, can you be a nurse and a nun? That's like a, that's like yeah, a thing. Probably. I don't. That's. Mm. Well, and it's interesting too what you said they about were like at- sister back in the day. Uh, yeah. Like, um. <laughs> well, and it's interesting what you said to me too about like you know how there are these activist doctors there's this police repression but then also there's always this like it's the same as with money and medicines the same way this this care this credit that there's always the both sides of that where you also then have you know public hospitals that are are the state and docs who are basically doing crisis pregnancy bullshit sorry go ahead yeah totally but then on the other hand like in the 70s there was like a there was like a clerical union like a christian clerical union I think this is um, one of Charlotte's big things is like what went wrong with the Australian labor movement in the seventies to eighties. 
I do. That is I one of your, like to- that's that. one of your topics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it was the Labour Party. But, um, joined the campaign for abortion rights, which is like pretty cool, right? But yeah, then there's the other side of the coin. Like in Australia, we still have like that. It's, you know, the doctor's right to conscientiously object. Um, and like it is, yeah, every, like, People I know that have had abortions have had like pretty nasty experiences in the public health system, you know, from people that are supposed to be there providing them safe care, like stuff that I found out was just like crisis pregnancy centered US bullshit, like saying, oh yeah, but you know, if you get an abortion, you will have like a mental health crisis afterwards, you know, like patronizing, Mm -hmm. just like nastiness and like, you know, discouraging people from medical options yeah. Um, yeah. and things so. like that. And that, that, that stuff all d- take that take that took place in Melbourne, you know, which is a progressive. I think progressive. you told me that people wear black in Melbourne. Yeah. That's like the stereotype. People that's... wear black puffer jackets. Like I, I wear a black puff. If you like, you pretty much have to have a black puff jacket, I think. Right. Right. I also liked as far as tactics when you talked about um, like when access was restricted in in New Zealand and they wore black, um, they wore black puffer jackets and took boats to Australia. (laughs) Yeah. So like learning about like the SOS, like organizations when it was criminalized in New Zealand and they were like a series of like kind of grassroots organizations popped up all over New Zealand that were organizing like taking women to Australia to get abortions and like you know raising money and it was like they they just like raised money in like every way they could they had like volunteers and they would like and on trips together um <laughs> on mm. on the plane to Australia and it was like it was sweet like listening to stories like there was a woman it was just, like a time where it was highly stigmatized and like listening to a woman saying it was like there was something in like not having to go alone. Like if I was, oh, yeah. it was my first time on a plane. If I had to go alone, I would have been like absolutely devastated. But like I was there with a group of women that are in exactly the same position as me. And like, even yeah. if we didn't talk, it was just nice having that like sense of solidarity and like community and care. So yeah. Yeah. Like abortion it. doulas and people poo poo like travel, like, Oh, that's more middle class and yada, yada. And it's true. And I mean, it's also true that, again, National Network Abortion Funds, all these abortion funds you should donate help with travel. Um, but it's also still really important. And there still can be a lot of like solidarity. You know, I mean, I've traveled before for an abortion and I, I was new in Chile and it was legal in every case. Right. And it's like some dude who doesn't want to support being an abortion or be involved who already has a kid and barely sees, you know, and work for an airline so you can get on you can get on the airline for free when you're on the front but he wouldn't do it right like so i get his gay guy friend but it's like i and then can go meet someone in the US. but yeah it sucks to be like having morning sickness and you're traveling and then you get sick here and i had to go to another place you know and you know it's just like the typical thing with traveling in the past two years that's like another factor yeah but um but yeah it's well, I mean, in the, in the case of New Zealand, it was like women of all classes, like they would they would yeah. fundraise accordingly. So like women who had enough money to pay for their airfares would go to them to help get it organized, whereas there mm. were the other women that went and didn't have any money and they would require funds as well. So they kind yeah. of like dealt with everything in a, yeah. you know, an equitable way. That's what I
Betty Aaron's on a scale of slightly smiling. To a fluster of surprise, to a flutter of distance and hurry. Further anticipation is chaotic wonder, forging to 